Chamberlain. Chamberlain. two-edged sword. It is living and moving. Psalms 144. Praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for a war and gives my fingers skill for battle. He is my loving ally in my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield and I take refuge in him. He makes the nation submit to me. Oh Lord, what are human beings that you should notice them? Mortals, that you should think about them, for they are like a breath of air. Their days are like a passing shadow. Open the heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so they billow smoke. Hurl your lightning bolts and scatter your enemies. Shoot your arrows and confuse them. Reach down from heaven and rescue me. Rescue me from deep waters, from the power of my enemies. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. I will sing a new song to you, O God. I will sing your praises with a ten-string harp, for you grant victory to me. You rescued your servant David from the fatal sword. Save me, rescue me from the power of my enemies. Their mouths are full of lies. They swear to tell the truth, but they lie instead. May our sons flourish in their youth like well-nurtured plants. May our daughters be like graceful pillars carved to beauty beautify a palace. May our barns be filled with crops of every kind. May the flocks in our fields multiply by the thousands, even ten of thousands. And may our oxen be loaded down with produce. May there be no enemy breaking through our walls, no going into captivity, no cries of alarm in our town squares. Yes, joyful, joyful are those who live like this. Joyful indeed are those whose God is the Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you are our God. That even though the enemy has power, God, you have more. That you are stronger still, Father. And you have called us sons and daughters. We just give you our battles this morning. That's what I kept hearing all week as I was praying about today, is that he is our, our warrior. He will defeat our battles. And he fights them in a different way than we can ever understand. Just come, Lord, we give you this morning. We lay our burdens at your feet, God. The worries of yesterday. 
yesterday, the worries of tomorrow, knowing that you will provide exactly what we need according to your riches, according to your glory. You are good, you are worthy, you are strong in might. There's a table that you prepared.
Amen. Well, good morning. Good to have everybody today. We'll take up tithe and offerings. So if you have uh, uh, giving today, tithe and offering envelopes from the chairs in front of you. If not, wave your hand around and one of the amazing ushers will help you out and get your tithe and offering envelope. They also have prayer cards. So if you have prayer needs today, uh, ask for a prayer card and we'd love to pray uh, over your prayer needs and join faith with you. So uh, let's, uh, let's pray over your tithe and offering this morning. If you have something, you can bring it down to the, the baskets down front. <clears throat> Lord, we, we, we worship you today and we praise you. And we're uh, always excited to come to the, the church together and, <clears throat> and be together, Lord. And I, I ask as, as we continue in our worship and our giving this morning, it is, it is our hearts are, are for you in all things. <clears throat> And Lord, as you are continually teaching us how to be more like you, I thank you that as we give, we're being taught something, we're growing, we're learning, uh, that you are a provider, you are the one that goes before us, Lord, that, that money will never have a grip on us, that we won't be greedy. But as we give, that it's testimony to, to your goodness and to the growth in our lives, Lord, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say, <clears throat> amen. As you can tell, my voice is a little raspy today. Uh, it's because Margaret's been making me sleep outside every night. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <clears throat> I'm kidding. Uh, so please bear with me today. Um, I will get through this. Had a little, little chest cold thing the last couple days. So. All right. Anyways, some announcements today. Kelly, <clears throat> there's a, a red screen back there. has an address on it. If you're planning on coming to the Christmas party today, uh, there's the address where we're going after church. If you want that on a little piece of paper, they do have it printed out. Wave your hand around. They can get you one of those. Mike has those. Um, and if you're driving out to where we'll be, it's at the Millers. You'll feel like you're going out in the country a little bit. You're going right. It's, it's out of town a little bit. Uh, so we're going to have a good time there today. There'll be food. Uh, hopefully you brought something to share. We'll, we'll just uh, have some time of fellowship. And uh, this is, uh, if you weren't sure about coming, <clears throat> I'd encourage you to come uh, because it's a wonderful time to, to get to know people a little bit in a time just hanging out and being together. So uh, that's right after church. We'll head over there and have a good time. Um, don't forget, no church-wide prayer on Monday nights in December. We'll pick up a prayer with 21 days of prayer in January, in which case we'll give you details about what 21 days of prayer are all about. Uh, and, and certainly then... Um, Christmas Eve candlelight service. Christmas Eve is on Sunday. We'll have a normal 10 a.m. service, then come back together at 6 p.m. that night for our candlelight service. So we encourage you to be there for that and invite some people out to that. And last but not least, uh, every Sunday in December, there's something special for the kids. Uh, today, they got some things going on. Next Sunday, you don't want to miss this, uh, pancakes and pajamas next week. So anyways, PJs and pancakes next week along with their lesson. No, you can't wear your pajamas. That's just for the kids, okay? Um, I know. I'm <clears throat> Last thing you want to see me is me wearing my PJs up here. Anyways, um, we don't want that, so that's for the kids. That's next Sunday. So if you have a young person, don't forget about that. <clears throat> All right, so if you have your Bibles, we're going to jump right into it today. Luke chapter number 2 is where we're headed. So we're in our Christmas series entitled See the Savior, looking at different aspects of, I would say, the characters of the Bible stories about the birth of Jesus. And today we're going to look at 
see the Savior through the eyes of the angels and the shepherds. But sort of a little lead into to Luke chapter 2. Uh, in Israel's history, there had been a long-awaited anticipation of a Messiah to come. Uh, the Jewish scriptures, the, the prophets had foretold of a, a figure, a person that was to come, and he would be a deliverer of sorts, anointed and chosen. And he would come and do things like, like unify Israel, deliver Israel, and, and things of that nature. And anticipation was uh, on different levels, but they were always looking for this coming Messiah, always. And this past Wednesday night, we were uh, in the book of Micah, and one of the great uh, prophecies about the coming of the Messiah, that was one of the ones that kind of heightened anticipation that, that this ruler would come and he would be born in Bethlehem and, and, and things like that. And they were always waiting for this. And we know that these prophecies happened and were given several hundred years before Jesus was actually born. So like uh, the prophet Isaiah, 700 years before the birth of Jesus. The prophet Micah, the same time frame. Hundreds of years of building anticipation, waiting for this figure to come and be their savior, be their deliverer, and be their king. The line of David. So they were waiting. Now, Jesus uh, being born, as we know, the Bible uh, states that he's Jesus Christ. <clears throat> well, here's the thing. Christ is not his last name, okay? It's not Jesus' last name, Christ. Christ is the Greek equivalent to the word Messiah. So when we, when we say Jesus Christ, we say Jesus the Messiah. He was the one that Israel was awaiting in their history to come be their deliverer, be their savior, and be their king. Now, we know that he came, but they missed it for the most part because he didn't do what they were kind of anticipating that he would do. But the thing about it is, is that God chose that time in history to enter the human race. Yes, the Messiah had come. And the story of this Messiah goes from a manger, eventually to a cross, to an empty tomb. That is the purpose of what he had come to do. And we read the gospel stories about the birth of Jesus. So many different characters involved. We, we not only have people, but we have angels. It's not just what you see, but the supernatural, what you don't see. But this is how God works. So Luke chapter 2 it's in verse number four. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Luke chapter two and verse number four. Let's read about this this morning. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his uh, betrothed, who is with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. But the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom he is pleased or on whom his favor has rested. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went and with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And here's the great uh, story of the birth of Jesus and, and the shepherds and the angels, this great announcement that Jesus has come, the Messiah has come. But I always love when God shows up and he begins to draw near, a lot of times the initial reaction is fear. The shepherds were afraid. I would be too. I don't know about you. Angel shows up, starts talking to me. I'd be a little afraid. But there's always this, this kind of, okay, look, God is drawing near but in the fact that God draws near, do not be afraid because this is what he desires. Yes, we must have a healthy reverence and fear of the Lord in, in the fact of who he is and what he does. But when God draws near, don't be afraid for he desires to be near with you. And, and I love the, the wording of, of the angel as it's said there. Did I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people? Yes, this is good news. Kelly, if you'll throw that first slide up, please. Listen, <clears throat> this good news that, that the angels brought, it's the good news, but it, listen, it's the best news ever. Amen. And that news is Jesus. You can think about some of the best news you've ever received. When I asked my wife to marry me, and she said, yes, that was good news for me. Good news. It was real good news. And every time one of our kids were, were born, that's good news. It's good things happening. And <clears throat> I, I could think about some of the things that, that happened in my life. That's good news. But listen to me. Nothing can compare to the good news of Jesus that has come. He is the best news because he's really what we need. For he is the only answer that we have for what really ails this lost and this dying world. Jesus is the good news, but he's the best news ever. And, and certainly this, this good news of great joy. 
A people walking in darkness, Isaiah 9. A people walking in darkness have now seen a great light. And the response to this wonder of God coming and drawing near to us, we don't need to be afraid. But God draws near to us. What it should spark inside of us is joy. Joy because God has come and God is rescuing his creation. That's what Christmas is all about. See, it's great joy. It's it's the greatest joy. A joy that cannot be taken from you. It is a joy that overflows. That we hear of this good news. And finally, this anticipation of this Messiah to come is finally here. And what that means for each one of us is, well, it's salvation. It is the newness of life. It is God coming in a way of love to touch each one of us. Yes, that's the best news. And it's the best news of great joy. Don't ever allow the joy of your salvation be stolen from you. What this world needs, listen, what this world needs is people that have a disposition of joy. What this world needs is people that no matter what is happening in the world, they see a bigger picture. The best news has come is Jesus. And because of that, I have joy that you can't take from me. I have joy that overflows. They need a light in the world that's marked by joy. Amen. And the thing that makes it the best news and the thing that makes it a great joy is because it's for all the people. For all the people. For whoever who would believe. Now, see, see, the Jewish people believed that this Messiah would come and would deliver them, as in their ethnicity, their people group. But God is always above and beyond He didn't come just to save them. He came to save anyone who would believe, and that's us. Now, listen, I don't know about you, but I'm a Gentile. According to the Bible, I'm a Gentile. I'm an outsider. I'm an outsider. But that's where God gathers up. He comes to those that are on the outside, to those that are on the margins, the outcasts. The ones that seem to not measure up. He comes to gather them up and says, here is this good news. It's Jesus. It's a good news of great joy. And it's for anybody, anywhere in this entire world that would believe that's Christmas. By the way, don't ever make the good news of Jesus about anything else. We can make Christianity about a lot of things. It is about Jesus. And yes, there's things that flow out of that, certainly. But he, listen, the best news isn't that you get saved. The best news is Jesus. And because of Jesus, you can be saved. The best news isn't that you can be blessed. The best news is Jesus, and there's blessings that flow. You see what I'm getting at? Don't don't ever misplace what the good news is. In other words, then you'll start searching for all this other stuff. You search for him. He's the best news. So the angels came 
with an announcement. This announcement that finally says the time has come, the anticipation is filled. This Messiah, this Christ has come into this world. By the way, that's what the gospel is. The gospel literally means good news. It means good story. So so when you're encouraged to, to go share the gospel, in other words, we're saying go share the good news. Go share Jesus. And go share what this Jesus will do. And because you go in great joy, it'll come with this idea that, listen, this is not just good news. This is the best news ever. Do you realize, we, we think that, maybe not all of you think this. I'm on the, I'm, I don't always think this way about this. But we think because of technology and, and how life supposedly gets easier because of technology, life is getting better. I don't find that to be true. The best moments of human history happened 2,000 years ago when God himself came in human form and entered this lost creation to save us. That's the best moments. His death on the cross are the best moments for us. His resurrection are the best moments. We're living out, what, in anticipation of his coming again. We're, We're in a new time of anticipation, you know that. There was the anticipation of his first coming. Now we're in anticipation of his second coming. But good news of great joy for all the people. But, but how did this happen? Well, we know. In the town of David, Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. And he is the Savior of all things. Our God is mighty to save. Amen. As we said last week, let me say it again. God coming to save us, he didn't come storming through the clouds in this big show of power. He came as a baby, gentle and humble. Amen. He came in the embodiment of love. This is Messiah. This is the Lord. And this announcement is, in anticipation, this is who you have been waiting on. For hundreds of years of waiting, now is the time. And he will exceed your expectations. As the angel said, then glory to God, this is his work. And this is how it's happening. If you really want to be a part of how God saved the world, and you should... You got to get in on how he does it. And you can't do it any other way. How God comes and establishes his kingdom, and how the announcement of the kingdom of God that goes through the world from the time of the birth of Jesus is still the same way that he's saving the world. He didn't come with some big, mighty military and conquer everybody. Jesus didn't grow old and then try to get into politics, thinking that by politics will save the world. Jesus wasn't born into a rich family. He didn't try to use finances to influence salvation into the world. 
He came as a baby and then simply proclaimed the message of good news. Amen. And it's still the same way today. Though, though, though those other things aren't necessarily wrong and bad, but sometimes we can put our focus into the wrong things entirely. It is because of an announcement that God has come. And this glorifies God, as the angel said. It glorifies God. This is his work, and this is how it is happening. And I love that, that the angels then say, but, but here's the thing. It brings peace. Not only does the world need people marked by joy, the world is looking for peace. Peace in their hearts. See, Jesus, as he was proclaimed by the prophet Isaiah, that he will be the, what, the wonderful counselor. He'll be the mighty God. That he'll be the everlasting father, and he will be the prince of what? Peace. If you notice, in, in those titles, you see the full working of, of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all of those things. He is the prince of peace because in Jesus, the way to the Father, he brings be peace between God and man that was lost in sin. Reconciliation is bound up in that. And it's the peace that it is that God is with us now and he will never leave. Peace that transcends all understanding as we continue to live in this world. That's peace. It is something that we bring up now and then, but I think it's so true. What people really want is at the end of the day, when they climb into their bed and they're ready to fall asleep, that they can take a deep breath and feel at peace. That's what people want. You will only ever find that kind of peace in Jesus. You'll find it no other way. For he is the only prince of peace that has come into this world. As the angel kept uh, in, in the latter part of, of that is then, yes, it is for on them who his favor rests. That's what Jesus does. He brings the favor of God. The favor of God. Isaiah 61. If you, if you have your Bibles, find Isaiah 61. The great prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 61 is marked the year of the Lord's favor. And is this what Jesus comes and fulfills? This is what it means that, that on those whom his favor rests. It says, the spirit of, of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. And he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Now, if you notice that, remember the story of Jesus in the synagogue reading that passage of Scripture? And he said, and today this is fulfilled in your hearing, he sat down. Did you ever notice when he's reading that, he stops before that whole business of the day of vengeance? He stops right, 
before that. He stops right at to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he said, this is the fulfillment of that. Because he hasn't come to bring vengeance. He's come to bring favor. Bind up the brokenhearted. To set free the captive. Yes, judgment will come. Yes, judgment will come. But we are in the time of the year of the Lord's favor for those who will call upon him because it is for all the people. The Savior has come. Amen. So, so we have the angels making this wonderful, this great proclamation. But the receiving end of this were the shepherds. They're, they're out in the fields with a bunch of sheep. There's a vocation. I, I love how that the first proclamation that the Messiah has come was given to people. If you want to look at a social structure, <clears throat> they were on the bottom. These weren't, these weren't the rich of society. He went and found the shepherds. And angels proclaimed to them. It, in, the, in the Bible, the, the shepherd is... Uh, kind of the example given of a of, of pastoral role in churches, in the community of believers. In other words, the, the angel proclaims this in a way of this is how the world is cared for. Jesus is coming. And it's through this fulfillment of, of scriptures like Isaiah 61 that God is coming to care for and save the world. But you can imagine, again, they were afraid and, 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 and all sorts of uh, probably emotions in, in responding to the things that they were seeing. But yet they went and saw what was happening. They went and found Mary and Joseph, and they found baby Jesus. And I would want that we would be the same way. That... When we proclaim the good news of Jesus, that we would go and see and then marvel at what God is doing. I think sometimes, I think sometimes, Jesus and what he's doing in the world, I, I think, I think it's just, it's just it's like old news. And we've lost the wonder of it. And we don't marvel at salvation like we should. And we lose the sense of awe of it. And it's just, well, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I believe in that stuff. Sure. And, it, and it, it's not sparking great joy in us any longer. But that we would never lose the wonder and the awe, the, the marveling at a God who would draw near to save us and what that means. See that? That the good news of great joy today is still the good news of great joy to you. And you never lose it. Never lose the edge of that, if you see what I mean. That we're struck by this, this loving God Listen, that would do whatever's necessary to draw near to us 
in spite of ourselves. Because when I'm really honest with me about me, I'm not really deserving. And that's just honest. When I'm really honest with me about me, I sometimes I'm like, why did you do that? But that's the wonder and the awe and the marveling of a God who will draw near and save us. That's good news, the best news. It strikes great joy within me. Why would I live in great joy every day? Because every day I'm in the realization I've been saved from my sins. Why would I live in great joy every day? Because I know that my eternity has been secured. Why would I live in great joy every day? Because the greatest need of my life has been taken care of, and I didn't deserve it. That's a God who draws near. And I never want to lose the edge of the awe and the wonder of that. Amen. But like the shepherds, the story goes, they went and started to tell people about it. They didn't keep it to themselves. That's kind of the next step of of great joy in your life. Because again, this wonderful anticipation that the Jewish people were waiting on the Messiah to come, it came, it happened. But yet now we're in another season, a time of anticipation of his coming again. We anticipate it in the same way. But our role while we're waiting for him to come again is to take this good news of great joy that has impacted our life and turn it outward and go proclaim just as the angels did. The good news of great joy has come. And he's come to save you. And you don't keep it to yourself. There's something we are actively looking to give and impart to other people. To share the gospel, good news. You know, when people uh, invariably, at times, in, in moments of life, you just, just share life, and life isn't good news. Things are happening. They aren't fun, they're sometimes not fair. Life's going on, and it's just, it's rough. Say, look, I get it. I've got the best news you could ever hear that ultimately will deal with everything that you're going through right now. And that's Jesus. And Jesus wants to draw near to you. So close. And he wants to be in relationship with you. That's a God who saves. The best news ever. I could wake up to a million bucks in my mailbox tomorrow. Wonderful. I'll share it with you. So hope it happens. But I already have the best news I could ever get. I already have it. Right? That is why, this fly is up here attacking me. Uh, that is why, no matter the circumstance of your life, you can live in joy. Because there is no circumstance that can steal Jesus from you. There is no problem that can take him away. There is no thing that you face that that he just disappeared. He is with you always, and he will see you through. That's the best news. 
Therefore, I live this life in great joy. So when you see James write something, it seems kind of crazy. Consider joy when you face trials of many kinds. You're like, what are you talking about? Why would I have joy when I'm facing an issue? Ah, because you got Jesus. And he's there with you. And he'll see you through. That's a God who draws near. Amen. So the best thing you can do, the best thing you can do is in Christmas time, tell somebody about Jesus. Best news. You, you, can, you can go to go to the Dollar Tree and buy those penny candy canes that come, you know, you gotta tear them apart. You, you can stand out somewhere and give out little candy canes to people. Merry Christmas. But before you go, this is a little gift, but I got something that's better. In your workplace, little Christmas party, whatever you do. Maybe you do exchanging of gifts, do some sort of white elephant thing. That's fun, whatever. Tell somebody about Jesus. He's the best news. Amen? Don't keep the good news of great joy to yourself. Share him with people. That's what we do while we anticipate him coming again. Amen? Let's stand up this morning. A little little bit shorter today due to our heading out for our Christmas party. Mary, if you come up. Maybe just for a moment. Just for a moment. Maybe you've lost a sense of wonder and awe of your salvation. Maybe this whole nativity scene at Christmas is, well, it's just a story. Yeah, we talk about it every year in December, you know, it's what we do. I want wonder and awe to capture your heart once again. I want the joy of your salvation to, to bubble up inside of you and overflow once again. That we are people that are marked by him. Marked by him in such a way that we can't keep it to ourselves. Amen. So just just for a moment, I want you to just thank him for your salvation. I want you to thank him for your forgiveness that you received in your life, though you have not deserved it. I want you to ponder and think about God coming in flesh. Wow, amazing to save us. Oh, Jesus, go ahead and thank him. We praise you this morning. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. For the mighty acts of God to save us, the mighty acts of God. Lord, as the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, you came to this world to die for us. Romans chapter 5. Thank you. 
Lord, you look at this lost and sinful world and you didn't just, just send it away and, and get rid of it, but you're doing everything necessary to save it. Thank you. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I thank you for the patience of, that you have as I work out my salvation. I thank you, Lord, that you never leave me. You don't forsake me. You're always with me. Thank you. I thank you that you see me and, and you still purpose me and you still call me. Thank you. I thank you, Lord, that there are times I feel shameful because I'm, I'm not living up to things. You still draw me in and grab a hold of me and pick me up. Thank you. Lord, I thank you that sometimes I make decisions that are just, just not smart. You still help redirect my paths and give me wisdom. Thank you. I thank you, Lord, that sometimes you use me in spite of myself. Thank you. for those things, Lord, I, I will forever continue to grow and learn how to be faithful to you as you are to me. That I forever will proclaim this gospel, this good news, the best news of Jesus. How wonderful you are. For leading into new life, abundant life, freeing me from sin and destruction. Thank you. Oh, Lord. We stand in wonder. We stand in awe. We marvel at the, the mighty acts of God in our lives. Oh, Jesus. We praise you today and we worship you. High above, high above. Lord, that somehow, some way, this Christmas season, this is family, there's people that we work with people we run into as we're out and about in our days, Lord, that we we share you and allow you to share, change somebody's life in the best way possible. Thank you. Give us opportunity. I pray we step up and we don't keep this to ourselves. Overflow, overflow of the goodness of God in our life. In Jesus' name. So if you're here this morning and, and there's sin in your life and you know it, you've been convicted, just give it over to him. Ask for forgiveness. He will. He longs to deal with that. That's why he came. Give it to him. If you feel you've been off the narrow path and walking a different way, 
cry out to him. He'll put you back where you belong. And he'll lead you and he'll guide you. If you feel you've been falling short and you don't know what to do, give it to him. Tell him. He'll pick you up. He'll carry you for a while. If you're facing things in life where you're confused, tell him. He'll bring clarity. He'll show you the way. But we give all these things to you. That is your desire. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. Oh, Lord, wonderful, so worthy. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We proclaim the name of Jesus in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Everybody smile. It's good to see you today. Listen, listen. We love you guys. We believe in all of you. Whatever's going on, you're going to get there. You're going to get through. Amen. And the best thing you can do right now is come to the Christmas party with us. Okay? Well, it's good to have you today. Wednesday night, come on back. Uh, Kelly, put that back up on the screen, the address. If you're on the fence about coming, just come and, and hang out with us for a while. We'll have a good time. Be blessed as you go. If you need prayer this morning, come on down. We'll pray with you before you leave. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Be blessed today. <laughs>